Well, this is a this is a good day. This is our third uh, our third Sunday of Advent, and the theme today is joy. The first theme of Advent was um, was hope. That was two weeks ago, and then last week our theme was peace. Next week, of course, will be love. But today our theme is joy, and uh, that is what the theme of Advent is this morning is joy. I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, Advent is, um, is uh, a celebration, really, that the church has been doing for, for over, well, it's been 1,600 years or so since the Advent was initiated. And this, this is an Advent calendar. And I've had this Advent calendar out here now for this is the third time. And I promised... Uh, I didn't promise, I guess, but I, t- I hinted that there might be chocolate today, and there is chocolate. There's more chocolate. So I have my lovely assistants that are going to be uh, giving out some chocolate. Uh, uh, so we got a double, we got double, uh, double portion of chocolate this morning. I didn't know, I didn't know that Christine was going to be doing chocolate as well. So, yeah, isn't it great? Yeah, so we're going to be uh, handing that out. Advent is, uh, the, whole, the whole point of Advent is to help us just to keep our focus on the Lord at Christmas as opposed to all the consumerism. And I don't know about you, but in our house, it's busy. There's all kinds of stuff going on, we're getting ready for Christmas. And sometimes it's a little stressful and sometimes it's a little expensive. And uh, that, that's okay. It's not, not a bad thing particularly. But it is, um, it is uh, not the, the central part or the central theme of Christmas is, is Jesus, right? It's the, the make you feel sorry for me. I'm just explaining something so you know. But uh, I'm, looking forward to this, uh, I'm looking forward to this message very much. It, the Bible has, uh, is full of, of uh, themes and, and, um, and messages about, about joy and I thought you would enjoy a little quiz, a little Christmas quiz before we start. So if I can get that next uh, slide, it's the Christmas Carol Quiz. Okay, some of you have seen these before, and so, you know, you'll probably think, well, that's, you know, I've seen this before. And so the, uh, the, the first one is uh, 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. without noise, silent night. There you go. That one is, we'll start off with, a, with an easy one. Minuscule Hamlet in the Far East. Yeah. And actually, it's not, I have the Far East here, but it's really the Middle East. That's right, because I changed it. Someone had written the Far East, and it's not the Far East. Okay. Exuberance directed to the planet. Oh, man, you guys are fast. That's great. Listen, aerial spirits harmonizing. Yes. Angels, the Bible even says that they're ministering spirits, right? Assemble everyone who believes. That's right. Come all you faithful. There you go. So aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you, you don't we don't use those for the titles of those hymns though? <laughs> we'll do some more next week, maybe. But uh the angel came to uh the shepherds and said, Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy to all people. And that's what we're talking about. Good tidings, good news, great joy uh, to all people. 
In Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles or your apps, you can take a look. We're just going to quickly read here some of the Scripture from verse 7, Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. Uh, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son, and she arrived, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. Think of it. You're a shepherd. You've been out there in those hills. You've, maybe, maybe your dad was a shepherd, and maybe your dad's dad was a shepherd. And, you know, you're out there and uh, looking after sheep, and you've been doing this for all these years, and all of a sudden, you know, the sky lights up, and the angel of, of the Lord appeared. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them and said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And uh, this very day in David's town, a Savior has been born for you. And he is Christ the Lord. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped, uh, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Amen. So this is, uh, this is the message of the angels to the shepherds. And uh, it's great joy. Now, I, I've kind of taken it one step further, and I'm calling it mega joy. Because I, I want us to uh, kind of get a hold of the meaning of that word. Actually, the Greek word for great is megas, megas. So I, uh, I thought, well, let's call it mega joy. And we're, I want to tell you what I, what I really desire for you this morning. I really desire that God will give you mega joy. Mega joy, not not necessarily. I mean, fun is fine, but I'm not talking about fun. I'm talking about having mega joy in your life. Now, the definition of mega or megas, uh, with regard to mass and weight, it means great. With regard to uh, compass and extent, it means large. Excuse me, large and spacious. As regarding measure and height. It means long. In, in regards to stature it, and age, it means great and old. Of, of number and quantity, it means numerous and large and abundant. Of age, it means the elder. Used of intensity and its degrees with great effort. Uh, it's just this massive, this massive amount of joy. So when the angels use that word great joy, that's what the word was. It was so that was mega, mega, mega joy. Now, the word joy in the Bible is a word that is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's full of the word joy, but it, it isn't a frivolous thing. Joy is not a frivolous thing. Joy is something that is very deep. And um, I, I want to play a clip of this, this clip of... Uh, is from a teaching about what the Greek word means and of the Greek word for joy. And so if I could just ask to have that video played. 
After his death and resurrection, Jesus commissioned his followers to go out and announce the good news that he was the risen king of the world. And as they did so, the early Christian communities were known for being full of joy, even when they were persecuted. Like when the apostle Paul was sitting in a dirty Roman prison, he could say that he's chosen joy even if he gets executed. He called this the joy of faith or joy in the Lord. He believed it was the gift of God's spirit, a sign that Jesus' presence is with you, inspiring hope in the midst of hardship. And when you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, joy becomes reasonable in the darkest of circumstances. Now, this doesn't mean that you ignore or suppress your sorrow. That's not healthy or necessary. Paul often expressed his grief about missing loved ones or losing friends or his own freedom. He called it being full of sorrow and yet rejoicing. As he acknowledged his pain, he also made a choice to trust Jesus that his loss wouldn't be the final word. This is very different from the trite advice to turn that frown upside down. Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' own life and love. And that's what biblical joy is all about. Yeah, I love that one line in there. That when you understand the goodness of God, that, that the joy becomes very, very reasonable, even in the middle of trials and tribulations and difficulties of life, that we can have that joy. So God wants us, God wants us to have this mega joy in all circumstances. And he, like I say, he brought this news of great joy, mega joy, into, into the world. And so today I pray that God will fill your life with great mega joy. Amen. Now, uh, the, one of the, I have a number of different points about joy here today. And I'll be honest, I don't think it's the, it's the most uh, smooth transition between different points. But this first, this next point I, I just want to talk about briefly because we've talked about it a little bit in the last few months with regard to uh, Thanksgiving and gratitude. But I've got this next slide. There will be very little joy without a whole lot of gratitude. And I, I was thinking this week, I, I don't want to just talk about joy. I don't want to just study about joy. I want to experience God's joy. And I found that, I found myself... Uh, starting off with gratitude, being thankful, stirring up my own heart of thanksgiving. And, you know, like I've said many times, and I hope you don't get tired of hearing it, uh, they've done a study at Berkeley, Berkeley in California, the University of California, Berkeley, and they found that people that have gratitude in their life are 30% happier. And you can that that is one way to to stir up joy. You know, you can you can watch a comedian if you want and laugh. That's that's not you know necessarily a horrible thing. But that's that's just fun. We're not so much talking about fun. We're talking about having joy on the inside of your life, having joy in your heart, and that comes. And at one place to start is gratitude. Gratitude having. Having a grateful heart, and when we when we think about the goodness of Jesus, when we think about the beauty of creation, the fact that He's given us life, and we have this beautiful place to live, and God has done so many good things for us, and for us just to keep enumerating those things, and and 
reminding ourselves and stirring up that gratitude. We can do that. And as we do that, our literally our mood will change. We will start experiencing that joy that God has for us because we have so much to be grateful for. Amen. Now, one of the things I did promise uh, to all of our Facebook friends is that we are going to have a world premiere of a brand new word here today in, in church. And uh, I, I made it up myself. It's, uh, it's uh, counterintuitivity. Now, counterintuitive is a word. But this word, counterintuitivity, is not in the dictionary. I checked online. I checked the Webster's Dictionary. I checked the Oxford Dictionary, the Cambridge Dictionary. It just wasn't there. Uh, The word you've entered isn't in the dictionary. And, of course, then they want you to click on these other little words. But I'm, I'm introducing this, this word today, and I'm going to, don't worry, I'll tell you why it connects to joy, all right? <laughs> this word, counterintuitivity. And um, counterintuitive, what it means is it's like uh, it's, it happens the way you didn't expect, okay? For example, now, if, you, if, you have, if you're a, how many PC users do we have here? PC computer users? Okay. I, I know, and how many Mac users have we got, okay? Wow, look at that, it's almost half and half. And so we've, we've got, uh, if you, like me, I was a PC user, and, and I still have a, a couple of, P, I got a PC at home, and I got a secondary PC at the office, and then my main computer that I use is a MacBook, and the delete key is like, drives me crazy on a Mac, okay? Because the delete key is the same as a backspace key on a PC, right? And so, and there's, and on, a, on the PC, the, the delete key works to the right. On a Mac, the delete key works to the left. And I realize I'm pointing wrong. I'm, this is the way, this is my direction, okay? Uh, okay? And it's, it's, it's counterintuitive to have, to me, it's counterintuitive to have a delete key that deletes to the, to the left. I think that should be a backspace key. But of course, you know, they never asked me. But there's a counterintuitivity. That's the new word. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be coined and it's going to be added to the dictionary or not. I probably, uh, I doubt it. But there's a counterintuitivity to the kingdom of God. And I was, I was reading the, uh, the Beatitudes here in Matthew chapter 5. The counterintuitivity, the, it's, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Jesus said, blessed. Now, that word blessed, we use it a lot in church. Maybe if you're new to church, you aren't used to it. But the word blessed, I, it's not up on the screen. I'm going to read this to you. This is the Amplified Bible version of the word blessed. And it does go on a little bit here. But we're, I want you to hear this. It's pretty awesome. Happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. Blessed. (laughs) Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Now there's another amplification of the word blessed on the next verse. Verse 4, blessed and 
unenviably happy with a happiness produced by the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of his matchless grace. Isn't that awesome? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So it's counterintuitive. There's someone mourning, but yet they're blessed. Okay? Someone is poor, and yet they're blessed. And then verse 5, there's there's two more here. amplifications, that is. Uh, Blessed, happy, joyous, spiritually prosperous with life joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the meek. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in that state which the born-again child of God enjoys God's favor and salvation. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. And, you know, when you think about, I was thinking about that this week. I was, I was, feeling, I was feeling hungry. I was feeling thirsty, not hungry for food or, or a drink, but spiritually speaking. And it wasn't a pleasant experience. Uh, hunger doesn't re- always feel good. You know, I'm so hungry. You like, you like being, would you like to be hungry for a week? You know, probably not. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a kind of a negative experience to be hungry, but blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for God's righteousness because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, that makes more sense, for they shall obtain mercy. That one's not so counterintuitive, is it? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed and happy and inevitably fortunate and spiritually prosperous are those who are persecuted. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely. Have you ever had your feelings hurt? I have. I've had my feelings hurt. Lots. I sometimes think I'm a little bit overly sensitive. But, um, you know, Jesus said, you are blessed when people say all kinds of evil things against you falsely on my account. Be glad and supremely joyful, for your reward is great. For in this same way, people persecuted the prophets who were before you. I really felt like the Lord spoke to me about this this point or this the portion of Scripture here, and that we need to embrace this before we can understand it. Even if we don't understand it, we need to embrace this. If we don't get it, you know, when things aren't going the way we like, when we're, when we're feeling, you know, all these, all these feelings that aren't joyful, we need to be able to embrace the truth of God and what he says, even if we don't understand it. Now, our understanding, your understanding and mine, is not the issue. We are not the standard of truth. Okay, if I understand it and I, if I accept it, then it must be true. Well, no, it's not about my accepting of God. I first embrace God's truth, and then I allow understanding to come as time moves along. And I will understand it. 
And it's not like we check our brains at the door. We start off with embracing Jesus, and, and we, we receive him into our life, and we become a Christian. And uh, if we do that, what we are doing is we're acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the Lord. We're acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that Jesus Christ is the one who is true, the faithful one. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. We're embracing, we're not just embracing a, you know, a, a, a Savior, a, you know, a get-out-of-hell-free card, but we're embracing Jesus Christ and all that he has for us. And so we embrace this teaching that Jesus gave in talking about how joyful and blessed and happy are all these different kinds of people, and we embrace that. And I'm asking you and me, we need to embrace this, uh, this teaching so that we can understand what it means to be filled with joy. Amen. Now, another, another scripture I want to talk to you about is uh, in Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, this, is, this is the next, the next point about joy. And so uh, here we have, we look away from the natural realm. And, um, okay, this, is, this one is a, a slight, I better read it from the screen here because I've used a different version in my notes. We, we, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. What was the joy that Jesus had, as it says here, had awaiting him? What was the joy, as it says in the old King James, that was set before him? What, what, what joy was it? He was, he was facing the cross. Not a very pleasant experience. It's a horrendous experience. But there was, this, there was this joy in front of him. And it was, uh, it was I, I believe I've got five things that I wrote down here about the joy that was in front of Jesus. It was the Father's presence. He was, he was uh, on the earth. He, was, uh, he, he came, you know, he, he came to this earth. And he left his father, a joy that was in front of him. The joy of fulfilling the father's will, being, a, uh, being a, a, an obedient son. He knew what he had to do, and he was doing it. And so he understood that, and he, was, he, uh, he took joy in fulfilling the father's will. He knew he was going to be resurrected, and then he was going to actually be exalted in heaven. And so he had that to look forward to. He had an inheritance coming. His inheritance is you and me. The, the, the Bible talks about that, that we are, excuse me, we are Christ's inheritance. And so that was part of the joy that was set before him, the joy that, he, he was, that was placed before his eyes. And, and last, lastly, it was the, the legacy uh, you know, when, when, I, uh, when I am, uh, I don't know, 80 or 90 years old, if God gives me that many years, I want to look back and say, you know, I've got a legacy. I've, there's some things that I've done that have uh, 
been fruitful, that have been a blessing to others, that are, that are good. You know, our kids uh, are a big part of that and uh, some of the other things that we've done. And here's uh, Jesus. He, he, his legacy is the impact, the positive impact over the centuries of his people in the, in the world. And he released, you know, released us from slavery. He released us from the, the, the power of sin, and he gave us forgiveness. And he, he had this legacy of a job well done. So these are the things that Jesus was looking forward to that got him through the cross. He was able to go through it because of the joy that was in front of him. He was able to go through that. And so the question for me and the question for you is, where is your joy? Where is my joy? It's not about, it's not about being able to, uh, you know, have stuff so that we can have joy. But it is, it is not what is joy, but where is our joy? What, what are we looking at? And, uh, you know, for me, I, I have a, a phrase that is kind of a, a bit of a life, a sort of a, a life vision, if you will. I'm living for the well done. Okay? I'm living for the well done. I'm not living for everything to go well now. I like it. Believe me. Believe me. I can be grumpy. I like it when things go well. <laughs> I don't like it when things don't go well. But I'm not living for that. I'm living for the well done. And, and that's, that's the joy. That's just an example for you to think about. But what, where, where is your joy? Is your joy in getting that job, getting that relationship, getting this, getting that? Well, you may or may not be able to find joy in those things. But certainly, there's something that we look forward to that is our joy. And the joy of knowing Jesus, the joy of... of uh, seeing other people, even our family, uh, coming to a place in their lives where they understand and they know Jesus. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing greater than, like, for, for me to listen to Christine this morning, what a, that, that's such a joyful thing, and it's not just me. There's a lot of us that were involved in the church that, that got Freedom Session kind of going, and, and you know, that, that's, a, that's a joy to see someone whose life is changed. And uh, those, are, those are things that are eternal. That'll, you can't take that away. And uh, I, just, I just think that's so awesome. So, like I told you before, this is a bit of a shotgun message, okay? I'm just hitting a bunch of themes here. We, we talked about mega and the meaning of the word, you know, great joy. We, uh, we talked about that. We talked about... Uh, gratitude. We talked about the counterintuitivity of the kingdom. And we talked about what, you know, where Jesus had his focus when he was going through the cross. And it was the joy that was set before him. And uh, one more thing I want to share with you is from uh, Matthew chapter 6 and connecting it with uh, Romans 14. Jesus was talking about the kingdom. And it was, it's interesting. I, <laughs> I could really identify with this. Uh, the questions, what, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? You know, I think a lot about those things. 
But, you know, Jesus did talk about this, and he said, look, that's what, that's what dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. And I go, gulp. <laughs> but he said that what you, your, your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. And then he goes on to say, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And, of course, he says all these things will be given to you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. But in Romans 14, it says that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our source of joy. And when we are seeking, if if we're going to seek joy, what we need to do is seek to be filled with the Spirit. Because if we're going to seek joy in things, in things going well, uh, if we're going to seek joy in having, you know, a new outfit or a new a wonderful meal, you know, those are all positives. It's not a horrible thing. All, none of those things are necessarily evil. But God wants us, when, we seek, when we're seeking joy, we seek the Holy Spirit. If we're filled with the Spirit, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit is righteousness and joy, okay? Uh, love and joy, uh, and peace, and so on. Uh, the kingdom of God, righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Seek the kingdom who is, is not really changed a lot of what we're doing because just looking around here, you know, I was talking to a, a woman at, in, in the mall, and she said, well, I don't believe in religion, so Christmas is hard for me. And I, you know, where do you start with that? But she's, she said, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. I thought, well, okay. I even, I just said, yeah, you, you probably are. But what's, what's important is, is for us to realize that the Holy Spirit is the place where we find our joy. And it's, it's, uh, it's something that God will, will give us if we are embracing the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so here's another question for you. And this is, uh, this is the last question. Are you filled with the Spirit today? You know, the, I, I, I don't know if it's true. It's not a biblical thing particularly, but sometimes I think we leak. <laughs> you know, when the Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit, and, you know, being filled with the Spirit, it's, it's an imperfect word in the sense that it's, it's a word that has to keep re- being repeated. So when the command is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's something that you do more than once, is, is to seek. Ask, seek, and knock. The Bible says in Luke, if, if we ask and seek and knock, the Bible says our Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. He delights to do that. And if you're looking for joy, look Look to the Holy Spirit, and God will fill you with the Spirit. It's, it's simple, but it's true. And so I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now, and we're going to pray that God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Father loves to give good gifts to his children, and he wants to give the Holy Spirit to us. So if you're looking for joy, 
Let's look this way to the Spirit. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love each and every one of us today. Heavenly Father, I, like, I, I thank you that, that you are the God of heaven, and yet you have somehow been willing to shower your love down upon us. You love us, and your desire is that we would be filled with hope, filled with peace, and filled with joy, mega joy. God, I don't want to just think about it. I don't want to just have it in my, uh, in my roster of things I believe in. But, Lord, I want to experience mega joy. God, I pray that you would fill us in a mega way. Like you said, out of our innermost being would flow rivers of living water. I pray in Jesus' name that each and every one in this room would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, come and and pour it out upon all of our hearts. Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you fill us up? Would you help us to keep our thoughts, keep our eyes, not just on all the things of this life, but just like Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, that he looked at that direction, Lord, that our our attention would be focused on the things of God, even through this busy Christmas season. Lord, let your joy overflow. Let your spirit overflow. Make me like a super-saturated sponge, where if anybody brushes up against me, that they'll, they'll have a dose of joy. Lord, I pray the same for each and every person in this room today. Lord, I thank you again. Lord, this is something that you love to do. This is something that you love to do. You love to give good gifts to your children. And so, Father, today we receive your joy. We receive your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Now, you heard what I said, right? Do I have to repeat all those different meanings of the word blessed? Blessed. (laughs) May God bless you today. Amen. Thanks for coming here today.